once two become one, they cannot become two again. Yeah. That what is bound together is not meant to be removed. And it's the reality is like, you're never the same. Mm -hmm. You're shattered. And so it's like, I guess, think of it this way that, you know, like something grows together and it intertwines and it becomes one, like genuinely one. All right. Now you're going to try to break it apart. You are literally breaking it. You're not like separating in the one and one. It's not a clean break. Yes. Fragments of each other. So you're like chopping. If you've ever chopped logs of wood and uh, used an ax, like you'll know it comes across comes apart in splinters and there's little jagged marks think of that log being you know two becoming one hello and welcome to the cashmere couple we are your hosts elizabeth and joshua you're experts at being single and marrying later in life in this podcast we will discuss singlehood marriage and living a godly lifestyle Grab your morning beverage and let's get started. And hello, beautiful people. We are here, Cashmere Couple, happy to have a new subject today. So we would love to speak to you about being equally yoked. Or unequally yoked. Or unequally yoked. (laughs) (laughs) I guess throwing a little bit of a mix on the subject today. Uh, Thank you, Elizabeth. The idea well well, the idea is because yes you you know about being equally yoked but then unequally yoked because sometimes you kind of have to under look at the negative side of things as well you know i mean to the point of having a spoken like a true realist well just you know being a little bit realistic about certain things and like why why do you guys not match up well why are you guys unequally yoked you know Mm -hmm. and then why are you equally yoked? I mean, I think it's good to kind of see it as two different different ways of looking at it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, the the inspiration of this topic came from listening to other podcasts. And I thought, you know what? There's a unique Christian perspective that we have. And it was uh, actually Jordan Peterson, of course, because I listened to a lot of his podcasts, uh, amongst others. And he was talking about being equally yoked, but I don't think he mentioned it in his in as many words. And mm-hmm. I thought, you know what? As a Christian, we have an opportunity to kind of dive into that. Uh, what is it? The psycho- psychological perspective. And I really like a lot of subjects. You could keep going deeper and deeper and deeper and take you know a year of studies to get into it. But I just wanted to speak with the Christian perspective about being equally yoked and not just go within the Christian realm of like being... So the idea, let's just read the definition real quick. So the origin is from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. And the scripture states, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or fellowship, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? So the idea is very much so with uh, like two oxen being together yoked, plowing a field, and one being the same idea of a Christian and a a non-Christian, and someone not desiring to pursue and follow the Lord, and the other person desiring to pursue and follow the Lord. And so the uh, Christianity.com gives us a, a little bit of a quote, and thank you for this. To be equally, sorry, to be unequally yoked means to means two will be living life in opposite directions. So the plow cannot go in a straight line. There can be no peace, no rest. The work is hard as a result, and the yoke is heavy. So while I was reading through uh, examples of being unequally yoked, I was looking for examples outside of Scripture and looking for examples that applied to many different facets of life. And I mostly found online examples of people and the disastrous effects of not being equally yoked, whether it be divorce, whether it be uh, heartbreak, breakup. uh, I mean, in the long run, they don't stay together. 
Yeah. You know, they don't continue on together. And it makes sense because if you're going in one direction and your spouse or your boyfriend, girlfriend, whoever is not going in the same direction, that carriage isn't moving forward. That plow isn't moving forward. You guys are stuck. And so there is no progress. And so that's, um, yeah, I would say that's a, in kind of the idea of it and why there's, in the end, they close it. They, they end the relationship. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the beauty of being equally yoked as a Christian is that you both can consider a lot of examples with all different parts of life. Like kind of our podcast is singleness, marriage, godly lifestyle. So it encompasses different things. But within godly lifestyle, we have lots of different topics, whether it be fitness, whether it be uh, finances, whether it be career, whether it be uh, design or uh, things that look towards God. And I think when you are equally yoked with another believer, you're both pursuing God, that you are capable of being able to find things that are different amongst each other that you can come together and say, okay, let's line up. Well, then let's look at it this way. What does it mean to be unequally yoked Hmm. with another believer? Yeah, so being unequally yoked. I think the example I gave here from Christianity.com gave a good example of that. So it was you are going in a different direction. You cannot go in a straight path. You will lead to destruction. Well, no, let's look at it even like further. Okay. So let's say denominations. You're both Christians. You're both believers, but the way you practice, the way you worship is completely different. Will you honor your partner's way of worshiping? Will you use that and implement that in your form of worship? For example, will you go... um, to church, you know, you're both, let's say, Protestants. One goes, um, you know, grew up going to service morning and the evening, for example, in my community, the remaining community. Usually they went to Sunday morning service and Sunday evening service. And they want to hold on to that tradition. But their partner, who's, let's say, is not Romanian, any other culture, (laughs) and they only went to morning service and that's it. Is, you know, where's, is there going to be a compromise? What are they going to do about that? And that's something very trivial of of Mm -hmm. how to go to church or what kind of church to go to. Do you go to a church that is a more mega church? Do you want to do that? Do you want to go to a church that, all right, maybe is a smaller, more simpler church. However, you want to go there because it's, they speak of the word, you know, so there's an, an, that could be a battle in itself as well. So if you don't have that mindset of surrender, both both parties, you know, it's not the idea of compromise, just one party is compromising and the other one, you know, doesn't. It's the idea of, okay, we both come from two completely different backgrounds, different Christian traditions that we grew up with, and now we're creating a different family unit, which we have to create our own traditions, our own... Um, yeah, our own tradition, basically, even religious traditions. So how do we go about that? We seek God in prayer, you know? Yeah, I think it's good to be realist, a realist as well. Like even like you were saying, you have to look at the negative. You have to look at the positive. What's it like to be unequally yoked? What's it like to be equally yoked? And I think if we do the same thing with denominations, like for instance, instance Catholicism, they're really strongly pro-life. Mm-hmm. And I love that. There's really strongly pro-family. Also, they have over a thousand years of tradition Mm -hmm. and of church history. They have Peter as the patriarch of the, you know, of the church, of the the papal position. You know, those are all very powerful, amazing things. They're also very countercultural in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. rooted in tradition, uh, their formal services, um, their traditional views. So if you look at those positive things, then you can look at the negative things too. And you could say, well, there's a lot of uh, controversy over what happened with men that were pushed to not get married and they gave into indulgences and were uh, 
mistreated children mm -hmm. in a in a very defiling way mm -hmm. and there's lots of years of history of bad things to potentially happen where i was reading about what was it uh babies or women that were buried like in almost looking like a mass grave in ireland where they had uh either forced women to have abortions and it was from mm -hmm. from a catholic uh, school or Catholic church and it was very disturbing and then you hear of the controversy of the you know the fights that happened with the uh, what was it the the, the, the crusades crusades mm -hmm. and also there was uh, was it the um, the fight against Protestantism and Catholicism oh, and uh, I, I'm trying to remember that word it's just, I'm reformation blank. no reformation yeah reformation is what happened with protestantism mm -hmm. starting but there was something else but anyways the um the values and and same thing with protestantism mm -hmm. you can look at all oh, the strong individualism being something very negative that led to the birth of these people that can make their own idea of god mm -hmm. in their own mind because they've learned to say i am my own god i am my own discerner and i i say what's true and you don't have that rooted in the formality of tradition as much. But you also have the correction that happens when you have a Protestant person who's able to discern and read the Bible, the word of God for themselves and say, hey, no, it doesn't say we could do that. Like you want to have a private jet. That We can't really back that up with scripture from mm -hmm. what we can see of how we're supposed to live a life as a Christian, or you want to have all of these indulgences to be able to have all these lustful pleasures, these sinful, sensual pleasures, and incorporate them into your life and say that that's God's blessing. Mm. And we can read through, parse through scripture and say, no, this is actually not the way we're supposed to live. So those things are beautiful because of Protestantism. Mm -hmm. We've been able to read and discern the Bible for ourselves, where we've been able to become often much more intelligent. We're almost, it's almost like the birth of the contrast of uh, being a, what is it, uh, like a peasant mm -hmm. into being a more educated person. Like you're, you're living in a lower class and trusting that these people have discerned all the Bible. And not that you can't read the Bible as a Catholic, but most of the Catholics I know would say that that's not very important because they've trusted all of the scholars. Mm -hmm. They've trusted the thousands of years of uh, and It's the uh, same with the Orthodox scripture. faith as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So in that same way, I think if, you, if you're a realist, you can say, okay, there's bad things here, there's bad things here, there's good things here, there's good things here. And you can make a value that make a like a a trade a handshake oops a handshake there and you can say what what makes sense to compromise and go together in a, uh with your relationship and i grew up and we actually attended wednesday sunday morning and sunday night mm -hmm. and i grew up in a um, non-romanian church but <laughs> yeah we were very um dedicated and then there was times that we didn't go to church as often. And I remember, you know, one of my parents was upset and then the other one was upset, like back and forth of them wanting to go more to church and then things getting in the way with life mm -hmm. and all those, all those situations that life brings. But regarding being equally yoked, mm -hmm. I think we could get into some subjects. I, I really, I had a weird situation happen where I was in Madison, Wisconsin and I went to a, another church briefly and it was a, a beautiful church, very passionate about Jesus, but it was one of those ones where it was like, you know, quote unquote, my prophetic weirdos, my, my people that I can claim as my own, but also would get off into some weird tangents mm -hmm. with like talking about angels and planetary systems and things that you're, you're like, okay, let's get more Whoa. to, you know, the central, <laughs> the centralized yeah. scripture and I remember looking, I actually like looked over at the notes of the person who was speaking and I saw notes about the planets and about angels and planetary travel and things. And I thought, oh, this is, mm. this is out there. But what really gave it away, and this is something that I think we need to be healthy in our church and we need to have this, yeah. uh, this 
iron sharpening iron where we kind of push people a little bit to say like, hey, let's let's button it up. Let's get things tidy to, even to be have like, correct hey, is, theology. Is this, yeah, is this biblical? Yeah. Or and even just kind of going to a point of, could you show me in, where in the Bible it speaks about this specific subject? Like, yeah. let's have a discussion. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe I, I, I just don't know. And you can, you know, kind of show... Where, what what's missing and you know yeah so one of the gentlemen in the congregation i turned to him shook hands talked to him briefly said hi and he said that he was waiting for his wife to show up there and that she was going to show up like this week or next week or something like that and i was curious so i inquired further and he said that he divorced his ex-wife and I thought, that's weird. And he said, well, she was an unbeliever. And I was thinking, okay, well, the scripture says to stay married if you're married to an unbeliever, that you might win them to Christ. Mm-hmm. And then I inquired further back and forth, and I found out that she wasn't an unbeliever, that she just wasn't as spiritual as him. And he said that because she wasn't as spiritual, the Holy Spirit gave him oh, peace. Stop. Yeah, he genuinely <laughs> said the Holy Spirit gave him peace to divorce her. Mm. And I thought, whoa, like what Holy Spirit are you listening yeah. to? And then he said he was getting married to a woman named Mary. He was going to marry Mary and that the Lord said he, she was going to show up at this week. And I looked around and there are not many people at this church. And I thought, bro, she's not coming. And two this is not right. And so I I genuinely opened up the scripture and I read the verse where it says to stay married to the person that you might lead them to Christ. And that we, there's no reason for divorce only for marital unfaithfulness. And that's just because the Lord knows that our hearts are hard. And then, you know what he said is he said, Oh, well that's just how you interpret it. And I, I interpret it differently. Well, uh I'm like, I'm trying to contain myself right yeah. now because I'm kind of thinking, all right, so he he ended it because she's not spiritual enough. Yeah. But my thing, I'm like, I don't know what spirit is leading this man yeah. to think that that's anyways. Yeah. Anyways, well, well, maybe it was a blessing for her. Anyways. <laughs> but it was so that yeah. was an example of being, quote unquote, unequally yoked. And he used that. He used mm. that excuse of that they were not equally yoked, mm. and that's why he had to break up with her. So as picky as we can be before marriage, we want to be clear mm. when you're married, work it out. Yeah, You know, like there is so much peace. There's a mathematical phenomenon that I am not 100% understanding, but I've started to understand it a little bit, that once two become one, they cannot become two again. Yeah. That what is bound together is not meant to be removed. And it's the reality is like you're never the same. Mm-mm. You're shattered. Yeah. And so it's like, I guess, think of it this way, that, you know, like something grows together and it intertwines and it becomes one, like genuinely one. All right, now you're going to try to break it apart. You are literally breaking it. You're not like separating in the one and one it's not you're, a clean break yes it's fragments you're of actually each other. Broke. so you're like chopping if you've ever chopped logs of wood and uh used an axe like you'll know it comes a, comes apart in splinters and there's little jagged marks think of that log being you know two becoming one and trying to make them two again it's like sure i guess you can kind of break apart but you're broken you're broken into and there is a strong commitment. That's something as well that we asked each other before mm-hmm. we got married about the seriousness of marriage and yeah. uh, divorce is not something. No. And I thank God that my parents stayed married and showed a good example of faithfulness because even with the str- the trials and struggles of life and different things that came up in their life, they made it through and they persevered. And again, I mean, the Bible does say if there's abuse, you know, so of course, like, if there's abuse and lawfully, you know, biblically, you are allowed to get divorced because sometimes it, there are situations it's not a safe situation. You know, the person who you're married to, 
maybe you became Christian in time and whatnot, but if they're being abusive to you, you know, physically abusive, then I would say, obviously, get out for your safety. Um, but I think a majority of the divorces today, it's, I, I think it's sometimes it's, you know, they fall out of love with each other. They get bored with each other. They're, they meet someone else. They, you know, there's probably verbal abuse and probably they needed to go to counseling and they don't because sometimes there's pride and stubbornness that is there that doesn't allow them to do that. But I'm not able to find an example of abuse being an acceptable reason for divorce in the Bible. So I actually just did a search. So only only if they cheat on the spouse? That's the only example I can find in the scripture is of marital unfaithfulness. Mm. Um, I th- So one of the things I believe because of scripture informs my belief is in abusive situations, you need to separate yourself. I don't believe in you know divorcing the person, but if somebody won't change, it's like maybe you just never be with them and just Mm -hmm. don't file for divorce. I don't know exactly. That's definitely a tricky situation, but I thank God that I'm not abusive. But if you've given yourself over to an abusive mindset where you enjoy or you subliminally are submitting to an abusive mindset to abuse others, you need to seek help and correction from others and have that gentle, soft heart that Christ's glory and mercy can enter because with without that like you will be damned to hell because you are not able to receive forgiveness if you have that hardened heart and problem is most people who are abusive have no idea that they're abusive they don't recognize them themselves yeah like i think i've talked to a few people that are on that line and their their reasoning is well this person's doing this yeah and they always have an excuse or a comeback of Mm -hmm. well well this is what's handed to me or how can i treat somebody this way when this is the way the world has treated me and you have to recognize your problems and you have to have introspective and god perspective like you've got to have those opportunities to be able to see yourself and really witness yourself and have that opportunity to have that questioning of who you are and what you are and what you're doing and then you've also got to have the scriptural and god ordained focus where you're able to uh, what is it? Uh, intercede when you're able to uh, have that like communion with God. I'm looking for that word, but you're you've got to have those times. So I'm nervous about this subject because I think that I could continue going for a long time. So I want to get to the first point here. Um, so examples, we have a few. I'm going to label health and fitness, travel, politics empowerment, sensitivity, finances, and composure. And I could probably find a lot more. Mm -hmm. But these are some that uh, resonate with me, and I relate to them. And I'm sure we could continue on this subject for a few podcasts if we really wanted to. But let's get into it. Health and fitness. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. So some, uh, what do you call it, translations of this scripture say, I buffet my body. So you're you're kind of making your body tough. You're, You're strengthening yourself. You're displaying discipline. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking for someone, you're looking for someone who's capable of putting themselves into submission as well. And the Bible talks about the feeding of the flesh and the feeding of the spirit. And you can feed the flesh and it will become greater. Mm -hmm. And there's scriptures as well about the love of the world. And if you love the world, you cannot love God. And it's the same thing where if you continue to please the flesh, you cannot please God. And so you've got to really come to a place where you make your body submit and you say submit to god body you know who's boss yeah 
And that is the first example. I Well, also it says that the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes. That's and it. in doing so, taking care of yourself to be healthy, to eat well, eat clean. Yeah, I guess that's a good one too. Yeah, eating clean. I was... Well, you can't, you don't have the strength if you don't have the right nourishment, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think if you, you know, a couple that one wants to have junk food and fast food and going fast out in food. restaurants yeah. all the time and, you know, a quick, you know, meal, and they don't have a mindset of eating healthy, cooking at home, all that. And the, the second person in the, the couple are very conscious of what they eat. Yeah. That's not it's gonna, gonna be, be a, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, a, be unequally yoked. And it's gonna be very frustrating. Yeah. It's gonna be frustrating for the person who or both people. The person who's trying to eat healthy, they're gonna get frustrated because, you know, they can't have dinner with the person that they love. And the person who loves fast food is, you know, rolling their eyes because their partner is, is uptight, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah, if if or even with fitness, you know, yeah. if one person is really going to the gym constantly. They're working out every day. They're very dedicated mm -hmm. and very serious. And the second person isn't even attempting. I mean, let's say they're not doing it at the same the same level, and that's fine. But at least they're trying. You know, yeah. they're they're going to they're doing something. Mm -hmm. But if they're not doing anything, like they just don't care, and it's not the fact that you know. And I'm not saying if if time is an issue, you know, let's say they're they're a mom and yeah. they really don't have the time because they have little ones and they're trying really hard. They want to get back to the gym, but it just it's difficult when you're taking care of little children. Yeah. Then yes, the husband who is going to the gym all day should have some grace and maybe stay home and let the wife go to the gym as well if that's important for him, you know, or vice versa, you know. Yeah, I think more often it's from what I've seen, it's more women that go to the gym more often mm -hmm. than men. Mm -hmm. And I have uh, coworkers and I see their stories and they're often going to the gym and I look at their husbands and their husbands have the dad bod. Yes. Now, I, I don't know if it's 100% their fault because they may be working more often and they may be more focused on the things that quote unquote matter versus sometimes it's the people that are going for, you know, 40 minute runs and working out and no, so what I'm seeing, so it's the same thing I saw sure. in Romania too. Yeah. And I had coworkers, female coworkers. They worked just as long, you know, eight hours a day, maybe more. They still made time to, you know, eat healthy, be careful, you know, go go to the gym, go to the salon. Because in Romania, it was, it's a higher standard to get your hair done, your nails and your eyebrows and everything on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I mean, you go to a wedding, you attend a wedding as a guest and you have your hair and makeup done. So it's kind of to that level. And the husbands would, like you said, have a dad bod. And I remember I, I, I was really, it, this is a rude comment on my end, but yeah, I would be so frustrated about this because, <laughs> because so I would have a cousin and, you know, he would like check out other girls and blah, blah, blah. And I would get so frustrated and tell him, be like, you know what? Your wife looks amazing. Amazing. Yeah. You know, she had two, three children. Yeah. And you still look like you're carrying one of them. Ooh, shots fired. Because, you know, I, I found it just so disrespectful. I know. We'll figure yeah. these things out with sound effects. But that yeah. would just frustrate me because I just saw, I would see like these beautiful women who work and it's difficult after having a child to get back to a point that you, you know, your body's somewhat back to normal. It's really difficult. I'm sure. And, um, to do neither, that, neither of us have that, that experience. No, we haven't had that experience, but I, you don't have to have the experience to know that it's difficult. I yeah. mean, yeah, women exactly. have in general, have a harder time losing weight compared to men. Men can stop drinking soda and then they lose 10 pounds. A or, woman or beer or beer yeah. and they start losing, you know, All they the lose. Calories all that cal calories. Yeah. And yep. the women, you know, it, they, they barely lose like two pounds if they, you know, forgo I mean, the same. Vices. I think it depends. I think some people have faster. I look at my mom and dad, my mom's metabolism is definitely faster, but she also tries 
harder. Your mom than my tries dad. hard. She yeah. does well. Like she'll be. She's very healthy. Her supplements and her spinach leaves. Yeah. And, and she's. You know, whatever. And, she's and my dad's like, whatever. I'll just eat whatever. Yeah. So that's what I think of when I think of like the man is, you know, my mom and dad. I think of other people where the the men are focused. They're they're faithful to their wives, but they simply don't have the same input. But my dad did go play tennis with us, and he would go bike riding and. He would go out hiking and hunting, and I think that he, you know, and he still does. So I think that he's active in a different. He's way. active in a different way, but it's definitely true that if you're unequally yoked in this way, where I remember I had an, a little bit of a, a conversation with someone, and I was telling them that I wanted my wife to be fit, mm-hmm. and they were upset with me, and they said that's very judgmental of mm-hmm. you to want that, and I said, well, think about it. If I'm fit and I'm healthy, and I'm active, and they're not, how, you know, how difficult that will be. Mm -hmm. And the person was just so offended that I would be so objective Mm -hmm. of a woman. But I think where I've decided is, do you want a certain, and we go back into the characteristics Mm -hmm. versus attributes conversation, Mm -hmm. do you want a certain she has to have this percentage of body fat and mm-hmm. she has to have this exact shape. Or do you want a woman who's fit and active and healthy? Mm-hmm. And that can be a very yeah. relative thing. So I can, I can actually even talk about myself in this. I uh, used to be very overweight and in my college years and it wasn't until Romania, I was like 50 pounds overweight at least um, uh, than what I am now. <laughs> you know. And so I was very overweight. I went to Romania and just, by walking everywhere, I started losing pounds naturally. And then during my time there, I started going to the gym. I started eating healthy. And um, I was, I had gotten to a point that I was too skinny. Mm-hmm. And my dad would make this comment. He's mm-hmm. he's like, de tine. like it's only your nose is visible. <laughs> yeah, no, <I> <laughs> he's like, you're too skinny. Yeah. And looking back now, I was like, eh, I was like a little too skinny. You really just saw my nose. But um and but I enjoyed working out and going to the gym and all that stuff. And I had the time to because I was single. I didn't have responsibilities yeah. that I do do here. But you're welcome. <laughs> I'm sorry. But um, those um, the fact that I learned while I was in Romania, and I did, you know, I was a, got certified to be a health coach. I went and got certified to. Um, be a culinary nutritionist because I really, really liked, um, I wanted to be healthy and I wanted to create a healthy home. I wanted to learn what it was like to be healthy. And so even with us now, I'm not as fit as I used to be because just stress, you know, with, you know, caring for my mom and time, not enough time. And we're just exhausted. However, we do try to make an effort yeah. to be healthy. We eat clean food. We yeah. don't go out to eat. We cook at home. So it's kind of like, all right, we and can't we don't work. Eat, we don't eat fast food. We no. don't drink soda pop. No. We don't have French fries. No, and we, we buy only and organic we and we cook. Like, everything's very, very clean. We don't eat a lot of, we don't eat fried food. Mm. So there are a lot of things that we could do that would put us into that category of being overweight. But because we don't consume all these things, like we toasted sweet potatoes today <laughs> was yeah. the neatest thing ever and they were purple like japanese sweet yeah. potatoes really cool instead here's of a, bread yeah instead of bread here's a good question and we didn't put any oil on them and and Mm-mm. like uh mayonnaise or mm-hmm. you know uh butter no here's a question if the person you're with is not on the same page as you with with physical fitness what is a good way to express your desire to have them be fit as well or desire fitness desire to be healthy maybe healthy eating and healthy exercise activity to be working on their fitness so well i think it depends so are are they just dating or are they let's say they're they're they've been married for a while and one of one of them want to all of a sudden be healthy is that what we're because it depends on the scenario yeah i think Dating would be a question and also marriage would be a question. So let's let's pose the first one with marriage and then the second one with So dating. let's say one of you know, a couple have been married for ten years, one person really wants to get healthy. She's yeah. like, I'm done, I wanna, you know, 
cook healthier. I want to become more fit. I want to go to the gym. And hubby doesn't, you know, when he gets home from work, he's just really tired. He just wants, or hubby, he just wants to, (laughs) you know, watch Netflix. He just wants to chill. He doesn't want to deal with, you know, going to the gym and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, I think having that honest conversation, and we had this honest conversation, and it did hurt in the very beginning of our marriage. Like we did have like a very raw moment in where we had to like address the subject and just, you know, sometimes it hurts and it hurts to hear. I think for women, it hurts more than for the guy to hear from the woman. Hey, you know, love, can we just be, you know, try to be healthy? And I think that's how you should bring it up. It's like, not, um, Hey love, I need you to lose weight. Mm -hmm. The idea is I want us to be healthier. I want us to be able to have energy to be with our kids. I want us to be around when um, we have grandkids, you know, so if you put it in that perspective, let's be healthier for just so we have a better quality of life. I think that would be a really good way to start and then slowly implement it. So with, let's say with food, you slowly add more nutritious food to weed out the bad. So let's Mm say you have cravings for sweets well you know like one it could be an indication that you want your body craves protein so make sure you have good healthy protein for every meal whether it be plant-based protein or meat protein however you want yeah and that helps with the sugar cravings but you know have like a fruit have i like dates that's my little snack um but it's like slowly getting there you know it's kind of like from milk tar- uh, chocolate to dark chocolate, you yeah. you slowly move up to get to the point that you can eat ninety percent dark chocolate and love it. You know, <laughs> so that's kind of kind of how you do it. And yeah. with exercise, okay, try you know just walking for for a few, let's say ten minutes a day. At least go outside, walk ten minutes a day because you say you don't have time. Um, Create a system at home. If you, For me, it's really difficult just to find the time to go to the gym somewhere. Yeah, I love going sure. to the gym. I miss it. However, because of time constraints and by the time I'm done, you know, taking care of someone else, going to the gym, get changed, use the, the machines by the time. You, it's just like you, you're tired. You don't want to deal with it. So I created a little gym over here at home and, you know, have weights and I have a routine and, you know, I try to do that. Do I have times that, you know, I am exhausted and I can't do anything? Yeah. But then it's like, today's a new day. I'm going to start, you know, fresh. Like, don't beat yourself down because you mess up or because, oh, I had cake at someone's birthday. Cake. It's so good. This is your kryptonite. It's desserts. Carrot cake, cheesecake, pie. Mm, Pie. Yeah. Cherry pie. Blueberry pie. Apple pie. Yeah. So he can Mm. keep going. So that's the idea is if you just so and so that's with the dating, I mean, with the marriage and then with the dating. Well, the reason why I asked this mm -hmm. question was because today you said to me when we woke up. All right, time to do some squats. (laughs) I was like, ah, you said squats and push ups. And the way you said it was like encouraging Mm -hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And I knew you were going to be doing something. If you said to it, me to do it and you did nothing, I would not feel, I'd feel like, all right, this is not working, not equally yoked. Yeah. But I was the one who suggested doing yeah. this in the morning because we both committed to work out and stay healthy mm-hmm. in our relationship for longevity yeah. and for looking good. Yeah. We're attra- so, to you know, we to continue other, to be you know, more continue. and more attracted to each other and, mm-hmm. and maintain a good, healthy image and, also to help with quality of life. Yeah. And we were not going to the gym, you and I, very no, we, often. You, you didn't have I time either. Went, I think once in two weeks. And you have a great gym at your and work. But. I, yeah, I just wasn't able to with mm-hmm. my workload. And I have to drive a longer distance to work and a longer distance back home, which is why I listen to so many podcasts. But the ability to be able to encourage each other and i think you did a great job of this where you said all right we'll have to let's really work on eating healthier because i think i we had an an opportunity to eat more desserts and i ate a lot of desserts and you said 
you know what, we really need to eat healthy. And you ate some too, because I brought some home. Mm -hmm. And the togetherness, that oneness, that same team. Mm -hmm. It helped so much. Was very encouraging. And then it's not you picking on that person saying, you're not fit, you're not attractive, you're not healthy. I wish you would be a little more curvy in this way or healthy in this way or, you know, picking apart that person versus saying, hey, let's do this. And if you say, hey, let's do this and the other person isn't on board, you might want to have a more serious conversation. Mm. Thankfully, we do not have to. Uh, well, we kind of knew about this about each other yeah. in the beginning. That this yeah, that was one of the things desire. we, yeah, that we talked a little bit about. And we saw that about each other is that we both try to take care of ourselves. And there are a lot of people who do not, but mm -hmm. we were people who are thankfully we're very similar in a lot of ways. And this is one of them. Yeah. And just, and the fact that we both were kind of like at the same level of we're trying, we we're trying, you know, we're not perfect. And there'll be times that we kind of fall in the back end, you know, there's, we eat too many sweets or we're not working out. Like I said, Joshua's kryptonite is sweets. <laughs> And he tends to, when he brings one home, he brings more. It's like puppies. <laughs> it's like with a kid who brings, like, he finds a puppy, he'll find another puppy and yeah. bring them all home. I didn't know kids did that. Yeah. Anyway. And, uh, yeah, if you find, I think that would be really helpful. Because if it's if one person, let's say they're dating, and they, I just, there, it's a really difficult thing to do. It's not the fact that it's not possible. I do have a lot of friends and family members who, you know, usually the woman is the one who's trying to be healthy and the guy could care less because his metabolism is great. And so he's like, yeah, I can eat McDonald's all day and I'm fine. But, um, I don't know. I think it's also a, a sense of respect for one another and for yourself. If you're eating healthy things, like again, your body is the temple of the Holy spirit. And if you're yeah. putting all this junk in it, you know, like gluttony is, is you know, it's a vice, <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, this brings me to the reason I started eating healthier. I used to drink a lot of energy drinks. Mm -hmm. I think I have some YouTube reviews still out there of energy <laughs> drinks I drank. But I also wasn't... How how, heart, how fast is my heart beating? Let's well, see. That, no, like that's, <laughs> that's what, the so YouTube what, video. So what happened? Well, yeah. Uh, all right. And we got more beats per minute. The <laughs> reality was is I had drank two dr energy drinks in one day mm -hmm. and I had little sleep and my heart beat and then stopped beating and then I fell to the ground and beat twice and I thought oh my goodness what am I doing to myself like I could be a you, you hear stories where people drink seven to 17 energy drinks and I think there was an instance in Japan and the person died it's a young person so you need to be careful and my friend would make fun of me and said you're gonna die before you're 40 and I thought no way that's not a very nice thing to say but I think there's a better way to encourage people not to drink energy drinks. And there are, sure, there are vitamins and minerals in them, but there's a ton of caffeine and a ton of sugar, or there's a ton of artificial sugar or a stabilizer. There's a lot of things in there. Anyways, so I was watching a YouTube video, actually, of a scientist with a Petri tray of human DNA, so a little kind of like a glass uh, sleeve or a glass... Uh, rectangle on top of a tray and you've got human DNA in there and he dropped phosphates from phosphate chicken like from phosphates that are usually on store-bought rotisserie chicken and he dropped it on there and the human DNA started to disband and like break apart into pieces and like dismember and I'm watching this human DNA break mm -hmm. apart and I thought it's oxidation. Yeah. Like it's literally oxidizing and destroying us. It's killing us. Yeah. And then he dropped a sigh or blueberry, some high antioxidant mm -hmm. into the Petri tray. And I watched the DNA start to repair itself. And he was advocating for high antioxidant diet. Mm -hmm. And that was his whole pitch. You know, certain people have yeah. low carbs, certain people have high protein, certain people have... Uh, low fat some people have high fats some people have low sugar some people have there's different diets but this one was high antioxidant diet and i thought about it and i looked at my grandparents as well at the time who were eating they you know they have retired they've been successful they bought homes and they have enough money and resources to eat whatever they'd like 
and they would take out canned food that was maybe expired or about to expire and donuts that were bought on clearance because they're old and out of the freezer and they'd eat it. And I'm looking at it. And I'm like, this is like the lowest quality food. Mm. And I thought like they're paying for another heart surgery. Mm-hmm. That's thousands and thousands of dollars. And they found the best heart surgeon in Michigan or whatever they did. And I thought, why wouldn't you just treat your body better? Mm-hmm. And maybe you wouldn't have to pay for that heart surgery. And all of us do die. All of us do reach end of life. But to extend that a little further and then also not to be afraid of death and not to try to hold on to it because you can't you can't have it. No, forever. it's not about that. But I think it's just um, your body is able to react in a better way. You're not as lethargic. You live better. Yeah, that's true. You know, by eating well and exercising and, you know, you're just giving yourself a better quality of life. No matter, you know, the Lord knows how long and, you know, he decides for it to be. But, you know. Another thing was I had high blood pressure at Mm -hmm. 26. Mm -hmm. I was at a advanced, I was in a college class and I had an advanced physical education PE because I like PE. And my heart rate was like my resting heart rate was way too high. And they said, you should go to the doctor. I think it was like 170 over something. And. I don't know what the second number was, but I remember thinking, what, what, what can I do? And I asked the teacher, what can I do? And they said, well, you can take in more liquids and you can uh, consume less, uh, what they say, less sodium mm-hmm. and you can do more physical fitness and, you know, whatever else. And what I did is I, I cut out sodium. I cut mm-hmm. out all the frozen products I ate. So I ate a lot of frozen pizza and frozen dinners and things like that. And I looked through all of the, the, what are you, the nutritional facts of the foods I was eating. Fast food is terrible. Yeah. But what I didn't know was frozen pizza is even worse. I didn't realize well, how much of, sodium is in frozen pizza. Well, but all, all frozen foods have yeah, frozen high sodium. Foods, and then also if you just look at the recipe of a lot of ingredients, yeah, you will always see sugar in it. You know, in uh, pizza sauce, you always find sugar. You know, mm-hmm. it's very difficult to not. And and so I read this book, um, salt, sugar, and fat, mm-hmm. and how it reacts to the brain, and how um, the food company kind of has a certain percentage mm. that they will add to kind of hit the dopamine in your I brain. I heard about this with high fructose corn syrup because yeah. high fructose corn syrup is a genetically modified sugar, like a glucose and fructose mm-hmm. uh, bond of the molecular structure. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they game the system. They add extra fructose to the glucose mm-hmm. and that triggers the brain's response to say, Ooh, sweet, nice. That's good. And that's in essentially all soda pops mm-hmm. is this high fructose corn syrup. And it's a lot of other things. And it's gotta be not good for you. <laughs> So anyways, after I did this, my blood pressure, the next you know few years I tested, went to a healthy level. Yeah. And diabetes runs in my family, so I was pushing myself to diabetes. And a lot of people think that it's inevitable with some of these things, and I, I'd say no. My mom beat diabetes mm-hmm. by her, uh, her, life, her lifestyle and her diet. And I th- I'm a big, uh, big advocate of this. And Andrew Huberman is one of the people I've listened to that talks about these things. And one of the things he said is, you know, he's for lifestyle first, Mm -hmm. then for nutrition, then for, I think, supplementation, then for uh, pharmaceutical or or doctor intervention. So it's like, okay, first of all, it's lifestyle, then it's, you know, so you go through things to improve and you don't immediately, oh, I need a drug for that. I need a prescription for that. And so many people are so dependent upon that, especially here in the US where it's like, so many people are addicted to different drugs or they have different pharmaceuticals that they're taking and they think, oh, there's no way. And how dare you say something right now? Because I'm, I have no choice. I have to do this. And sometimes that is true. However, a lot of times it's not. And I am evidence of that. And so are a lot of other people. And maybe I'm an extreme rare case, but I don't think I'm that special. I think I'm just another person. So when you're saying lifestyle, I was kind of wondering, okay, so let's start with lifestyle. 
obviously stress is a huge issue. Stress was for big everyone. too. Yeah. And then how do you kind of um, address that? How do you address stress? How do you address what do you stress? do it? Yeah. You what could you undress stress and then you could not stress and then you could throw so away. You can good, ad- no, I'm just kidding. So a lot of people, you know, they'll Tongue do twisters. quote unquote self-love. Yeah. And what do they do for self-love? They'll go to massages. They'll go splurge and have a Starbucks and all these things, you mm-hmm. know, quote unquote self-love. Um, treat yourself. Treat yourself. Mm. You know, I think with stress, a big part is what are you allowing yourself to consume? And if you actually make the time to sit still, Mm -hmm. to get off of the computer, get off of your phone, get off of social media, get off of the news, you know, stop, you know, just give a little bit of peace in which is not, you're, you're constantly stimulating the mind. And, and I'm saying this in my own case, because oftentimes like I'm, I, I have so many things I need to learn while, or I need to do while I'm cooking, while I'm cleaning, while I'm, 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 constantly multitasking and then I'm going to eventually burn out. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, today I finally took the time to plant my seeds, you know, for my garden. That's beautiful. And I did not have any music. I didn't have anything playing, nothing. I just stayed outside. It was a beautiful day today. Heard the wind chimes outside. Mm -hmm. Didn't think of anything except for getting just planting my, you know, my seeds, preparing my seeds for my garden. That's it, you know, just being present. And I think that's, it was really, I think, calming for my mind to be able to do that. And then another thing is sitting down and reading the word because with all meditating the, on the and word meditating of God. on the word of yeah. God, because with all the insanity that we're going through right now, there is such a supernatural peace that comes from knowing God. Yeah. I remember thinking that during the pandemic when everything was going crazy and people were running on the beach in California being arrested by police officers for being on the beach uh, because COVID. Mm -hmm. And someone was yelling at someone who was like in a college sweater and it was two young men and she Mm -hmm. was saying she was going to call the police on them. And it's Mm -hmm. so 1984 dystopia. It's so socialist agenda type of related. And you can just get so overwhelmed by the oppressive state Mm -hmm. of the overwhelming force of government and just the power. And, you know, saying that you won't force vaccination and then signing something into law to force vaccination and thank God for the Supreme Courts that push it down great job Biden but the reality was is you can tell I was a bit tense about it but the piece of scripture was so good mm-hmm. because while it was happening I was like yo this is in the Bible like we see this in scripture mm-hmm. where people that will accept evil is good and good is evil mm-hmm. you know they're shouting they're they're proclaiming their evil deeds as if they're good, they're moral and righteous. You see the elevation of certain lifestyles mm-hmm. that are very corrupt, very, uh, what do you call it, uh, perverse, very mm-hmm. perverse lifestyles. And I just looked at scripture and I thought, okay, well, we knew that these things were going to happen. And it was almost confirmation and like a peace because it's like, well, God is even more real now. Because I can see the evil. And with this evil all around, I know God is greater. And actually, a lot of people are starting to realize, you know, seeing how much evil there is out there. Yeah. They are realizing there must be a God. Yeah. You know, and that's that's amazing in a sense. I'm sorry that I had to get to this point for people to realize that there is a God. But, you know, like to see how dark it is, there must be something so much greater and so much brighter for that darkness to be so dark. Yeah. You know. But um, going back to the whole topic of unequally yoked, and we were speaking right now about reading the word of God. What about that if the couple is unequally yoked? So that's back to Christianity and spirituality. Well, it also goes a little bit to denominations because I I remember there was a a woman I was dating before in the past. (laughs) It's like this is gonna be the this is gonna be one of the themes of the podcast is there was a woman I was dating. There was (laughs) and I feel bad for bringing this up so often, but it's it's great. 
uh, great stories, examples, great, great perspective examples. that I can give into specific detail of which how to live your life and learn from our mistakes. Learn, yeah. <laughs> well, there was an argument that ensued with this woman and her family and her friends, and there was a man who chimed into this public Facebook argument and said, you do not need the word of God. And I thought, what are you talking about? You don't need the word of God. But their, their perspective in faith was very much so that, you know, the, within the Catholic church, there, there's not a push to read scripture from what I understand and know scripture for yourself and discern it for yourself. Because like I was saying at the beginning of this podcast, there is all of the thousands of years of history and we trust in that. We trust in the scholars. We trust in their work. We trust in whether it be their ruling and idea of uh, this in between heaven and hell. Is it per diem? What is it called? Oh, um, oh wow. The, yeah, this purgatory. Uh, purgatory, per diem. Uh, purgatory. And you don't really see that in scripture, but they use, well, we all make it through by uh, the fire of God. You know, like they pull specific scriptures to try to make a new theology. But because they say it, that's good. That's what it is. But it's uh, it was an unequally yoked thing where regarding praying to Mary, I read through all the scripture and like this, 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 and I found like 12 different scriptures and was like, this is the context of which we have and we don't have examples of praying. To it. You really have to stretch. And so you want to make sure you're on the same page. And scripture is... Setting scripture. God, God breathed. It has a value, has importance. But does God still speak today? And that's, that's another thing. Well, well, if the scripture is true, then God does still speak today because God was, is, and is the same God. He, he is alive to the end of the age. And even if you want to try to say, well, uh, all of these things will cease, but love, love will continue. Or now we know, for, then we saw dimly, now we see, uh, then we will see clearly. Well, you can say that is this time, this time, or this time, whether it be uh, the full context of the fulfillment of Christ and the birth of the Holy Spirit, or if it's the current t- context and time we're in, or if it's when we're dead and resurrected in Christ. And the value of which we have when we agree together of scripture being important, scripture being valuable, and to know it and to learn it. I think one of the big things that we talked about was reading through the whole Bible. And it was hard for me to trust someone who hadn't read through the whole Bible because you're saying you believe this whole Bible is true, mm-hmm. but you haven't read the whole thing. And a lot, it's, it's kind of like uh, other things to me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you say you like this or you value this or you believe in this, but do you even know what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. And I think there's certain levels of arrogance that can arise for sure from people who know the Bible more and can say, well, who are you to speak? I know this, this, and this, and this, and I studied for this many years. But in a very simple form, you should read through the whole Bible. But not only that, every time you read the Bible, you learn something new. Mm-hmm. You may have read that passage, the same passage 50 times, and the Lord speaks to you differently. Because it's still it's, it's living. A, it's a living word. Yes, it's a living word. And so that's why when you know someone says, well, I've already read the whole Bible yeah. you know, twice, three times. Yes, but... Yeah, that's something the, that the word could is to. telling you is speaking to you differently, you know. Yeah. So it's just, I don't. I think it's good. It's a healthy habit. It's a healthy tradition within the home for both couples. They don't have to read it together, but separately, you know, it's part of their relationship with God. It's a discipline. It's a spiritual discipline in which they are seeking the Lord and they're reading the word. You know. At home, I'm not saying together because honestly, I think it's a personal thing. It's a personal discipline you should do when you were single and to continue taking it on with you in the, you know, in marriage. And we actually were reading a book right now um, that um, called The Daily Altar Mm -hmm. by, you know, written by a friend of like friends of ours. And they, the first chapter, they're 
specifying this. They're talking exactly about this, about spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. you know, and I think if one person wants to be disciplined, just as, you know, you're being disciplined in your health and in your fitness, spiritual discipline as well. It can't just be one person who's pulling, pulling this, you know, pulling this, this yoke and the other person doesn't want to be healthy. The other person doesn't want to exercise. The other person doesn't care to read their Bible. That's going to be really, really difficult, you know? So it's like both of you and those three aspects, because this is going pretty long. I think mm-hmm. this is a good for one episode and then we're yeah. going to continue the other, Top, the other topics of and for the following. Yoked. Yeah. But I think these three <laughs> aspects of, you know, health, fitness and spirituality it's such a spirit. It's it's a discipline. All three are disciplines. Eating healthy is a discipline. Um, exercising, obvious dif- discipline that we all know. And then spirituality is another discipline. Let me read through the other topics so you can decide if you want to listen to the next podcast regarding these, uh, this idea of equally yoked. And the other ones are, oh yeah, I think I, I said this at the beginning, the but beginning, yeah. we have health and fitness, which is the one we, we touched on. Travel, politics, empowerment, sensitivity, finances and composure. So tune in with us for the next podcast and we will get into it because obviously conversation is a beautiful thing and that's what we have here. And it's good to know and to discuss these things and to have people to listen and give us your thoughts as well. So if you have an idea, especially when we get through to the second one, but the first one, even so, did we miss parts about spirituality, about faith in Christ and Christianity? And did we miss something with fitness and health that you have a unique perspective of that you can add to the conversation? We'd love to hear it. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get to the second one in just a little bit. We'll see you again. That brings us to the end of this episode. If you like it, you should put a ring on it or a thumbs up, review, pound sterling. You get the deal. Follow us on your favorite streaming platforms and Instagram at The Cashmere Couple. La Revedere. La Revedere.